Welcome to the Leadership Zone. I'm your host, Sheila Walsh, Leadership Development Specialist, Coach and Researcher. Inclusive leadership within for-profit organisations is not the same as inclusive leadership in not-for-profit or in the public sector. And the central reason for this is that the purpose of for-profit organisations is to provide profit, whereas a not-for-profit is usually the service user of the organisation. And if it's a public organisation, then the purpose is to serve society and the public. And so those slight differences in intention and responsibility and remit make the world of difference to how inclusive leadership can be conceptualised, operationalised and engaged with within the setting. So my PhD is primarily focusing on inclusive leadership in for-profit organisations because there is a societal expectation now and an expectation from employees and potential employees that organisations are inclusive and that they engage with the social justice issues more proactively. However, there is a misunderstanding that it is the organisation's responsibility to place this moral and social imperative on its purpose. And the thing is, for-profit organisations have always been set up to make profit. And while I agree with the moral and social requirements of diversity and inclusion work, what we ignore is that how you bring inclusion to life in for-profit organisations needs to be different to how you bring inclusion to life in other types of organisations or settings. We cannot use a social lens and social approaches and social justice approaches within organisations, especially for-profit organisations, because ultimately they may not contribute to the task. We don't have a choice usually about what society we belong to. It's usually the one we are born into or we've had to flee to or the one that allows us to flourish in some way. But organisations do have a different experience. People are not there through obligation necessarily. People aren't there because their circumstances only. People have a lot of choices within the workplace and the organisations they work for, they actually belong to the organisation, not just for good moral or social reasons, but because they are contributing to the task of the organisation, which is ultimately to make profit. Now, organisations have got better at making profit being the byline or the byproduct of a central purpose. And that's really clever because people need purpose and making money isn't that motivating when it's for someone else or for the organisation. So you do need a purpose that people aspire to. But everybody doesn't just belong in your organisation and shouldn't just be included because your organisation is designed to provide profit. It's to achieve a certain purpose. And so everybody who comes into your organisation to join the organisation is doing so with the agreement that they will contribute value to the outcome of the organisation, the task at hand. And so when we think about inclusion efforts, we need to think about it in relation to how it helps people achieve the task at hand. And I agree, there's people listening who are saying, yeah, but Sheila, it's morally right and socially right. And that's fine. But right doesn't keep it central during difficult times, during recessions, during crisis. Right isn't enough for organisations. Organisational systems become distracted by crises, risks, opportunity, 
and are affected by multiple different things that usent affect them. We've got work from home, we've got hybrid working, we've got new legislation, you've got global crises. All of these things impact your organisation and distract it from the list of the right things we think it should do. And so if we want inclusion to be central in for-profit organisations, we have to tie inclusion to the purpose of the organisation, which is creating profit. Now, I'm not just saying, I'm being a bit cursed with that. I'm not just saying just about profit, but I'm saying contributing to the task. And there's multiple stages along the journey in a for-profit organisation. There is contribute to the onboarding, contribute to the employee experience, contribute to innovation, contribute to creativity, contribute to psychological safety, contribute to team performance, contribute to management performance, contribute to senior leadership performance, contribute to the bottom line, contribute to better decisions, decision making contribute to being more agile in the current workplace. Inclusive leadership and inclusion can do these things. But when we teach inclusion and inclusive leadership as a parallel journey the organisation is on, and we haven't weaved it into the DNA of the organisation, we haven't weaved it into how we do business, and we haven't weaved it into improving our performance, improving how we do business, improving all of those touch points within the organisation, then it will be dropped and left when the next crisis, when the next challenge, when the next stocks dip, all of those things will take precedent over inclusion. And so if inclusion isn't weaved into the fabric of the organisation, then it's going to be really, really difficult to keep it relevant, keep it alive, and more importantly, get people to buy in. A lot of the organisations I go into, people can tell me what the right thing to say is, what they should be doing, and, you know, the types of challenges that they have. They can use all the right language. But when, once they know that we're safe, once they know we're in a conversation in which they can talk about the real challenges of inclusion, so we don't like to talk about that sometimes because we're afraid people will use it as an excuse. Once we get into that detail, I start to hear a lot more of the challenges. Diversity and inclusion is a tick box for me because I've got to demonstrate that I'm an inclusive leader, but also it's actually not measured anywhere in my performance. Or I'm meant to be focusing on inclusion, but all the KPIs are individual for individual contributors. So how do I get the contributors when I can't change the performance management system to see inclusion as part of their day-to-day work? And so inclusion and inclusive leadership is really, in for-profit organisations, needs to centre the purpose of the organisation, the shared task at hand. And within that task, there will be an umbrella of things inclusion can support with. And I've listed some of them previously. So it's very important that we're seeing inclusion as part of how we achieve organisational results, not as a separate achievement. Inclusion is not an end goal. We won't get there. That doesn't mean it's not worth doing. There's lots of things we strive for that we won't achieve in the world. We shower every day, but we don't say, well, I've showered now, so it's over. We know that it's an ongoing practice and inclusion is the same. So for inclusion to be an ongoing practice that is kept alive in your for-profit organisation, then you need to ensure that it's weaved into how all of the other achievements are achieved. When it's parallel, what I start hearing about is we speak about it, but we don't do it. We reprimand people for discrimination, which, by the way, discrimination can be legislated for. Inclusion generally isn't. So when inclusive leadership or inclusion is is centred as an anti-discrimination practice, that's quite a low bar that we're aiming for, not to discriminate. And when 
the times we talk about inclusion are in reaction to discrimination, we're still not really talking about inclusion. What we're talking about is discrimination. But inclusion is what lends to higher team and organisational performance, innovation, creativity, psychological safety, employee engagement, retention, attraction. All of those lovely things are enhanced by inclusion and inclusive leadership. The other thing is, if inclusion is seen as a diversity and inclusion kind of parallel, this thing that happens alongside the business, and it's not seen as a leadership responsibility, it's going to be really hard to sustain. Because what happens is when I go into organisations, they say to me, that's great, Sheila. You want me to do all these things for the people I manage or lead, but it's not being done for me. I can't speak up at the board meeting or at the senior exec meeting. The way power is used in those meetings is clearly oppressive it keeps me in my place i then have to take these demands and pass them on you see inclusion requires the most senior people in the organization to see the value to utilize it in their practices so that they can role model it and then for it to filter throughout the organization you can start midway you can start grassroots up but the truth is it is easier in for-profit organizations to start with the top and make sure that the top are understand what they're doing feel comfortable with the conversations know that they don't have to get it all right but also know what are the essential no-nos they use inclusion not as a topic on the agenda but as a practice for all of the other agenda items and that's when inclusive leadership and inclusion becomes a living practice that contributes to the task at hand for for for-profit organizations it is not enough to teach it as a parallel because it will be left behind but also we keep what works and so if we want inclusion and inclusive leadership to be kept alive in the organization we have to start implementing it where it works we need to set it up to succeed not simply a training here and there a diversity exercise here and there a language change, inclusive language workshops. These things are helpful, unconscious bias, but actually some of the research says they don't really change outcomes. They might change what people cognitively understand, what they consciously know, doesn't necessarily change behavior, doesn't necessarily change culture and engagement. So we do need to think a bit further than what we've been doing previously. If we want this to be sustained, if we want it to be powerful, if we want it to be effective in our workplace, we need to align inclusion and inclusive leadership with the results every team, leader, manager, and the organisational leadership team want to achieve. And that's how we keep it alive. If you have any questions, you can pop over to my YouTube channel, you can pop over and register for my leadership letters, or you can at me at any of the social media sites at Sheila Walsh One. I look forward to hearing from you. Pop any questions you have below about for-profit organisations and inclusion and inclusive leadership, and I'd be happy to talk to you and answer the questions. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Leadership Zone. We can continue this conversation over on Twitter and my Twitter handle is at Sheila Walsh one or at LinkedIn. You'll find me under Sheila Walsh to book a free consultation to discuss your leadership needs or the leadership development needs of your organization. Simply visit my website www.sheilawalsh.com and book a free leadership consultation. I look forward to hearing from you.